0: I'm feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Oh. My grand
1: make it fair. I wish I knew I had a
2: cool
0: I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Every Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Gay
1: card revoked. Hi, I'm Robbie Roselle, and my pronouns are he/him. And I am Rob Schneider, and my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to... Gay Card Revolt! The one, the only, the podcast that takes you down the gayest path. The Yellow Brick Road, if you may. If you, you will. If you may? If you may in the merry, merry month of May.
2: That's two months from now. Oh, I wish it was sooner. No, we're we're, we got to march
1: through April first. Thank you. I do (laughs) not march through April. How dare you? (laughs) With your dad jokes, your zaddy Mm -hmm. jokes, all over the place. How are you? I am all caught up with the characters from Tales of the City, and boy, do I have opinions and thoughts. Mm -hmm. Why don't we revisit that next week? Actually, I will contain my excitement.
2: Well, just like. We, like, that's an episode.
1: My reaction to Tales of the City?
2: 100%. Because I love it so much, but, like, it definitely goes places that you don't expect.
1: So next week, next week, next week, we will watch uh, – we'll discuss Tales of the City even more because I've now filled in. I've also been watching Drag Race from the uh, – Drag Race U.S., Drag Race U.K. And this Ooh, is
2: the first time,
1: right? Uh, first time I'm watching it uh, from top to bottom. <laughs> uh, so tell me, on Drag Race U.K., mm-hmm. let's call it Which right now. Tonight – which is tonight. So we're, uh-huh. so we are recording this before we know the answer. Correct. Robbie Rizal, make the call, Drag Race season two, UK winner is
2: Bimni Bomb Boulash.
1: I will agree with you
2: 110%. I thought it would be Lawrence Chaney, who I love. I love, love, love. But I feel like after the coronavirus shut down their production for whatever, six months or something, yeah. uh, he came back so sort of defeated. Okay. And like, misstep after misstep. Like, Lawrence Cheney came in very confident at the beginning, right? And was winning, winning, winning. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, yeah, and you're fantastic. Really yep. enjoy you. Uh, and I did not love Bimini Bamboulash. And then again, shut down. They all came back. But Bimini Bamboulash came in like guns a-blazing and like the trajectory has been wonderful because what fucks were left to give?
1: I agree with you. I agree with you. So I'm excited to see what happens tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see how this all turns out. Now, I said this to you before we went on the air, and I'll reiterate it. I am more emotionally invested in the UK drag queens than I am in the US drag queen. There is something about the generosity, the warmth, and the Mm -hmm. joy that the UK drag queens are bringing that I don't really see in the US this season.
2: I agree. And Did you you watch season one of the UK? I did not. It is perfect. Okay. And if you're watching this on Wild Plus Presents. Yes. Then you can watch season one there, and I recommend it.
1: I see it there. I, my feeling is is when I'm watching the U.K. drag queens, it's mm-hmm. really about a family, and it's about inclusion. And, yes. when I, and when I watch the U.S. one, I'm like, this is Mean Girls. Well, you know why? Why? There's
2: money on the line. That's true. The, the what they win in the in london they get like a lapel pin they get a lapel and pen. they get to make a uh, web series which you and i could do right now
1: yeah, like, yeah yeah truly
2: it's the same thing with british bake off which i love yeah yeah like all they win is a pie plate but <laughs> which is actually like, I will, I will, if there's a pie on it i'll take that's it that's just like nice people doing nice things that's all uh,
1: I was so moved by the uh, the episode where uh, it was stand-up comedy night. Oh, God. And First
2: of all, that challenge should have been killed.
1: That's a tough one. Uh, I oh, think- wait.
2: wait. Was, but were they performing to – yeah, that's the episode where they were performing to, like, plants. Yes. Stuffed animals.
1: Yes. Awful. Awful. Okay.
2: As a comedian, I couldn't do it.
1: But my, but my feeling is is that, yeah, they had to do it, though. And when Ellie Diamond was like, okay – I'm putting these people on in this order because I know it's going to benefit me in the long run. On the American version, I think that would be celebrated and she would be touted as a hero. And on this one, it was Lawrence Chaney and everyone who goes, you don't do that. That's mean. You slept on my sofa. And it was so... And Ellie was like, yeah, I I shouldn't have done that. That was not nice of me. And I was like, this is lovely because drag to me is about inclusion it's about taking yeah. people and embracing them in your community or embracing them in whatever house you're in and right yes you can throw shade but that throwing shade and being an asshole is a part of it it is not two different things it's not the whole thing and it if right. it is and it shouldn't be the dominant thing mm-hmm. and when i watch the us one i just see a lot of people who are so cruel and mean and nasty and shady and i don't i don't see I don't, I don't see that sort of togetherness. Maybe it is about the money. I don't know. But it's, um,
2: yeah, because $100,000 would change somebody's life.
1: Yeah, I just, I feel like the US one for me when I watch it, I'm like, this feels like a chore. Um, And the UK one, I'm so well, eager. I mean,
2: also, there's been 300 episodes of the season.
1: It's been a lot. I mean, I'm like, are we done yet? How are no, we not done yet?
2: Truly, I tweeted the other day that the year is 2025. <laughs> Season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race rages on. Four queens have been eliminated and five have returned.
1: Why? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question because, once again, this is my, my first time going from start to finish. Yeah. Why is it not, now that it's so popular and, and, and pe- so many people are invested in it, why is it not a, uh, a what do you call it, a, a, a call in Like, why isn't it like American Idol where people can just vote oh. people on and off? Uh, because ultimately,
2: like it's Rue's decision, like of who's gonna win. But Only why can't Rue.
1: why can't it be turned over to the people? Uh, because then it's
2: not RuPaul's Drag Race; it's America's Drag Race. I would be fine with that. Yeah, sure. Listen, you know what? God bless. God. If if
1: that's what Rue wants, and oh, Lord absolutely, knows. absolutely. But I also think maybe it would give Rue some some time off. Because Rue works so hard for our community. It would be nice for Rue to get a break if Rue wants a break. Filming Australia right now, which I will watch. I feel All like over the I place. Give Rue a vacation. Holland's about to
2: happen. Yeah. Unless anyway. Rue really
1: likes it. Okay. But I don't know how much of this of staying queens, in. But sorry. Say it again. I'm sorry.
2: I said, speaking of drag queens, the film that we're about to celebrate features a really wonderful drag queen. Robert, tell everybody, what are we celebrating today?
1: Today we are celebrating an uh, independent film from 1999, in indie, and God, do I love 90s indies. Oh, do I love them so much. We've talked mm. about a few of them on here, like, but I'm a cheerleader. We haven't talked about Edge of 17 yet, which oh, was also will. one of my favorites from that.
2: Lea DeLaria. Lea
1: DeLaria, yep. Uh, but today we're talking about a movie called Trick. Trick. Um, which takes place in 1999. It was filmed in 1999. It's a story of a young songwriter uh, who meets a a man on the subway, a trick to pick up for the evening. And it's a magical journey through the wonderland of late 90s New York as they both try to find a place to consummate this one-night stand. And the complications that ensue, they meet a wild cast of characters, including a brilliant performance by Tori Spelling, Truly brilliant. And does not get the credit I think she deserves, because I think she's a genius in this film. Mm -hmm. Um, Miss Coco Peru shows up as uh, someone who's going to puncture the balloon of the romance. And Um, gives
2: truly my favorite
1: monologue in all film history. I'm, you know, I am surprised that more people have not memorized that monologue and brought it into uh, auditions and we'll talk about that. You yep. also see, uh, she does not have any lines, but Meredith from The Office shows up as an unhappy songwriter in, <laughs> uh, the, in, in Gabriel, our songwriter's class. And mm-hmm. an actor that I just, I, I'm obsessed with now because I thought he was so funny in this and it's um, the, the character is Parry played by the great Steve Hayes who is also a classmate in Gabriel's class, an older, an older queen who likes to go to piano bars like 88s and Marie's Crisis and belt his heart out. Um, this movie is a magical wonderland. But, Robbie, I know this movie is very special to you because it kind of sticks out like a Thor, sore thumb in 90s gay movies because... 8s is not mentioned once. There is no... Gloom and doom, no. like a gray cloud hanging over
2: our characters. It's and, two guys who want to fuck.
1: And, and, and fall in love.
2: That's true. And also, uh, you left off one important person. Missy Pyle is in this film.
1: Oh, yes. As, a, I am.
2: as an actress who just gets flowers because she's the lead of her show. And Missy Pyle is one of the funniest character actresses on screen and it this was like one of
1: her first things she's genius uh she she is genius she but is. everything
2: about this film the um the call back to like oh i got this last week at footlight records is something that is said um the some gay bar that's gonna charge uh three dollars for a diet coke is like a line um do you know where 88 says, yeah, isn't that near the theater where, the, where you took me to see that Greg Luganis play? That's a real
1: thing. It is a perfect encapsulation of gay life, late 90s New York. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it's brilliantly directed by the director, Jim Fall. And the writer of this is Jason Schaefer, who writes a lot of queer uh, media, including, uh, you know, queers, folk. Did you know,
2: too, he wrote the songs
1: that are used in this film? These songs are, as the young kids say, a bop. Mm -hmm. Or they might say, this song slaps. You see, I'm trying to learn how the young people talk.
2: So he wrote Enter You, which is like a theme. Christian Campbell's character, who is, what a dream, Christian Campbell. Uh, But his character is a songwriter, right? He writes musicals. And so he's presenting, one of the first things you see is he's presenting a song uh, at like a BMI workshop class, right? yes and tell everybody what a bmi workshop is because you were directing a musical about that
1: yes um the the bmi was is a workshop that was created by a broadway conductor and music director named lemon Engel, and uh what you do is is you you go to this class if you're an aspiring broadway composer musical theater lyricist musical theater book writer and you perform different songs that you've written to get feedback from your class and if you are a, a fan of broadway today more often than not when you're listening to a show that you like, the composers or book writer of that show has gone through the BMI workshop. It's very prestigious um, and it's known as a really big training ground and uh, 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 catapult for those of you that are interested in writing for the musical theater.
2: The Tony award-winning Avenue Q uh, was built in uh,
1: BMI. The great Aaronson Flaherty, who did Anastasia and Ragtime yep. and Susicle also from that from that uh, prestigious institution. So yes, so continue on, yes. So
2: he's presenting a song that he's written and his best friend who, like, I guess it, at that time would have affectionately been called a fag tag. Yes. has now been retired as a term, um, but uh, is the singer. And it's Tori Spelling. And Tori Spelling is so brilliant. In oh, this like film. A lot. I mean, the the way she truly is that sort of desperate actress just trying to be seen, who also shrugs off so many things because like she hands out her like headshot resume.
1: Um, <laughs> at the top. Who she is so oblivious. Mm-hmm. She is so oblivious to, to the world around her and picking up on social cues. Yes. And it, it, you know people like this. You know, oh, you yeah. know people like this. Now, I, wanna, I would like to defend Tori Spelling, if I may, Please. for a second. Tori Spelling's father was a very famous producer named Aaron Spelling, um, who gave us such things as The Love Boat amongst, uh, I think, Charlie's Angels as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got cast on Beverly Hills 90210, mm-hmm. And everyone said the only reason she's on this show is because her father is Aaron Spelling, and she sort of became the butt of many, many jokes. And I think that sort of nullified her acting career. She is a brilliant actress. She is not only on this television show because her father was somebody successful. She is brilliant and genius in her own right, and I think this is a wonderful showcase for her. Christian Campbell and Jean-Paul Pitoc are brilliant as the two uh leads of our movie but tori spelling walks away with the film and it just goes to show how great she actually is she's now
2: i will say uh, a couple years ago maybe god almost a decade ago i saw coco peru at the Lori beachman and uh, i was seated randomly with christian campbell star of this film uh and one of the things uh, that Coco talked about on stage was getting that show, uh, getting trick, uh-huh. and how she says, now, all I'll say is Tori's spelling was cast as a blonde, but
1: then she showed up on set the first day, a redhead. Are you are you saying that she, she did that on purpose to, to yes. throw Coco Peru? Sure did. Okay, well, I love, I love Coco Peru, and I love Tori Spelling, so I'm just kind of at a loss about what to do with my life from this point out.
2: I would watch that sideshow. I feel like it wouldn't be well sung, but it would be highly <laughs> enjoyable. <interesting. laughs>
1: the best, I mean, what I love is, yes, not only does she bring her headshots to this class, which she's mm-hmm. not supposed to do, at the end, she's you can see her gathering all the headshots that nobody picked up. Mm-hmm. And just walking out with them, and as they're walking out on the street, she's picking her headshops off off the sidewalk because it's clear people have just thrown them on the ground after they but left the just class. Still and it, do, because and it, it doesn't phase her. It doesn't phase her. It doesn't deter her. Or the scene where uh, she's in the apartment uh, where Ga- when Gabriel and Mark come home, mm-hmm. and it's very clear Gabriel is, doesn't want her in the apartment so he can have sex with Mark, and she goes, "Well, I'm just printing out resumes," and she just uh, and the old on school printer, dot matrix printer. On that old school printer. And she just doesn't get a hit. And she just sits there in silence with them and then goes, you know, I'm in a, in a production of Salome set <laughs> in a women's penitentiary. <laughs> and she just strikes up a conversation with oblivious to the fact that these two people want to have sex. Yep. Like fully oblivious to it.
2: It's just fascinating. Now, she is so fully committed in this bit. Like in the whole film. She is just fully realized it is such a smart performance the director of this Mm -hmm. later directed several episodes of so notorious
1: tori's um uh reality she's had several reality series i feel like a bad homosexual i didn't even realize she had one reality series much less multiple reality series
2: because who is she married to
1: dean mcdermott who's dean
2: mcdermott uh, so handsome.
1: Okay, so let's now let's talk a little bit about this, Robbie. Did you see the movie when it first came out, or did you encounter it years later?
2: No, they like it. It was an independent film, so we did not get those. Uh, you didn't
1: have a little art house in your in your town. We
2: actually had a theater called the Art Theater that I saw several things at, but Trick was not one of them. Um, I saw it. Uh, I rented it from Blockluster.
1: Did you call it Blockbuster?
2: Uh, Yep, that just flew out of my mouth. Blockbuster. Ah, Blockbuster. Um, guys, it's fun in my mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like after the wall of just Titanic double VHS is, was one copy of Trick and then Train Spotting, right? Like,
0: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> Yes. But I grabbed it because those two guys and Tori Spelling on the cover. Yeah, come on, let's see. And also, those two guys were so handsome. I was like, I would like to see this. Thank you,
1: and and Christian Campbell, our lead, um, mm-hmm. in real life, is not part of the. He's an ally, but he he's sure not. Is. He's not a member of the gay community. And boy, was I disappointed after finding out that information. I was ready to he's write him a love letter, the
2: children. Ah, uh, well, did, were you going to send a care of his sister, Nev?
1: Yes, I was going to say, dear Nev, can you do me a <laughs> favor? Can you drop this off to your brother, Christian? I don't have a vagina, but I'm a nice guy, and I cook a really mean quiche. Sincerely, Rob. You have never brought me a quiche, so... I don't want to fuck you the way I want to fuck Christian Campbell. Wow. And, I, and, I'm, wow. and I'm so sorry about that. Donate to our Patreon. <laughs> you can also learn how to make quiche on easyrecipes.com. So go on over to www.easyrecipes.com, enter the promo code, hey, fuck. And you can get 10% off your next recipe. Um,
2: Kristen Campbell is adorable. Kristen Campbell's just trying to hook up. He's got a straight roommate who Mm -hmm. is a douche. Rich. Like a bro douche. Um, But his girlfriend might be one of my favorite parts of the
1: film. The topless girlfriend who gives out sex advice. I want to be a sex therapist. But,
2: But she's just doing Marilyn Monroe, right? Yes. Topless fully topless it's so funny she's been in france all summer
1: um oh yeah brad yeah. <laughs> in, I, it hurts that you don't validate my relationship with her <laughs> i get it from my parents but from you gabe he was good that guy really
2: good that's really good and judy
1: good. judy like the her name- sheet falls Oh, yeah. And she's just, she does, it's Lori Bagley, the great Lori Bagley. And she's doing the whole scene with her breasts out. And she's like, I really want to be a sex therapist. And then she starts practicing on them. How do you feel about that? How does that make you feel? Oh, (laughs) I will say anonymous sex can be hard.
0: Anonymous sex can be hot. <laughs> but
1: like in
2: full Marilyn Monroe, it's genius. Also, when she is looking at J.P. Pittock's, um, Jean-Paul Pittock's uh, ID and just go, probably one of my favorite lines in the film.
0: Oh, you went to a SUNY school.
2: The disappointment in her voice is. <laughs> yeah.
1: I like what she's looking at. <laughs> she's looking at it and she goes. His real name is Mark, by the way. And <laughs> he's never lied about his name. <laughs>
0: right.
2: I
1: just love it so It's that Everything. line reading got me. His name's Mark, by the way. <laughs> he's never said it was anything different. Um, Everything.
2: It's it's like, uh, do you have any nicknames? They used to call me Beer Can in college. What, did you drink a lot in college? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, get out. I can't. This truly
1: could be a sitcom. I
2: need to talk to you about Steve Hayes.
1: Oh, Queen Steve Hayes, mm-hmm. my new best friend Steve Hayes. <sighs> Rob, if you recall, I saw
2: Leslie Uggams in Gypsy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, you did. I love this story. Guess so who well.
2: Uncle Jocko was?
1: You're lying. I'm not. You're lying. I'm not.
2: Wow. Uncle Jocko
1: slash cigar. He got to play the double role. It was the double track of Uncle yeah. Jocko and Cigar. Cigar. Glenn, close, but no Cigar. Anyone?
2: <laughs> Bing, bang, bong.
1: Glenn, sing close, sing but no Cigar. I, H&M. Okay, so <laughs> no. I saw him
2: as Cigar. <laughs> I've, I've just made you hiccup twice. Sorry. I just wanted to point it out. I, so I saw him as Uncle Jocko. <laughs> In the famous uh, episode of Leslie and Gypsy, <laughs> which was legendary for its own reasons, for me,
1: can you tell me why?
2: Oh my God, <sighs> friends, here's here's what happened. Okay, she did Gypsy at a court, like like in a uh, Connecticut community college,
1: and very was- quickly, folks. If you don't know who she is, Ju- June is busting out all over. June, June, Joan.
2: Every June you see her, she owns it so much. Um, I love that you're trying to stifle these hiccups that you got out of nowhere. It's very good for my soul. (laughs) You you made me laugh. (laughs) So I saw her do the show and here's the thing. She did it when she was 70 and she had just had both hips replaced. So she was sort of was shuffling and she made a two hour, 15 minute show at least two and a half because (laughs) Like, walking was slow. Whatever, whatever. Um, the the girl who played Louise like, rift through Little Lamb. There were things. Like, choices were strong and wrong that were made um, in this production. And um, because it was, like, a really quick, again, two-week run, um, they I think they had, like, a 10-day rehearsal process. It was not a long rehearsal process. And... Uh, Uh, Leslie was sort of paraphrasing, like lightly paraphrasing the script. She was paraphrasing the script. And uh, the estate of Arthur Lawrence was there one day. I know. And said uh, that, told her that she had to reinstate the book as it was written. And she just turned to them and she said, Arthur Lawrence is going to sue me. Well, he's dead and just like turned and shuffled away because again she had just had both hips replaced. But you god damn the hiccups. <laughs> but you're gonna start telling the story as if it's your own.
1: Uh, I have started telling the story <laughs> as if it's my own. I I have I have oh. stolen your story. You. Did you talk to Steve Hayes? Did you did you talk oh, yes, to Uncle Jocko? We went
2: backstage.
1: What and did you I, say to Uncle Jocko?
2: I told him how much <laughs> how much I love Trick. What did he, he say? lit up. He was so happy. First of all, I think that anybody knew who he was. Um, you know, because it's Leslie Uggam's show, right? <laughs> he, it's not like...
1: <laughs> this is going to be a great episode, y'all. Uh, um, he, mm. <laughs> He sings the pinga song and Trick. Como te gusta mi pinga. and these cojones.
2: Um, He, in that song, sings the word pork burrito, which makes me think of you. (laughs) 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 Because it doesn't matter, friends, where we go to eat. Rob will always sit down, be handed a menu, and just
1: say, (laughs) and just go. I want a burrito. Welcome to WoHop, Brooklyn's oldest Chinese restaurant. Burrito? And, uh, so then to cure the hiccups.
2: not oh. <laughs> <laughs> going
0: well. Oh, God, you broke me. You uh. broke me. You broke...
2: Okay. So, as the film progresses, they're looking for somewhere to get it on. Uh, they get to the apartment, and, uh, he's like, I've always had a dream about being blown while I'm playing piano. Uh, I take requests. Um, Hilarity ensues. Uh, There is a very loud dog uh, named Trixie. Hilarious. Uh, And then he gets thrown out of the apartment because he's going to have some sex. Uh, The roommate's about to have sex with this girlfriend who's been in France all summer. So they have to go somewhere. And he's like, well, I have a friend. My friend Steve Hayes. We can use his apartment. And uh, Christian's like, great, call, or J.P. Pittock is like, great, call him. What's the name of Mark? Mark's Mark. His name's Mark. And he's like, great, call him. Oh, I can't. He's actually, he's not at home. So they have to go to 88s, where Steve Hing is, is singing some of his specialty material. And that is one of the songs, Como Te Me Pinga. He's very sad because he's just broken up with his boyfriend, played by the great two-time, three-time Tony nominee, kevin chamberlain i they're forgot cute. he was
1: in the film they're a cute little bear couple
2: i know so so uh, and again hilarity ensues because he runs into the ex and uh jp pentuck he he grabs jp and he's like sorry christian campbell he's cuter um and like starts to make out with him he's like oh hey didn't see you there sorry and um JP is like, yeah, we were just, uh, I, I just love him. It's really sexual between us, but we both, re- we realize we're both tops. So we're out finding a couple of <laughs> bottoms for the night. Um, hilar- it's hilarious. Uh, they, uh, they, I, so they can't go to Steve Perry's place because Kevin Chamberlain takes him home and, oh, romance lives, lives to fight another day. So they end up going to a gay bar, and then the great and powerful Coco Peru enters the scene. Yes. Lip-syncing to a dance version of Helen Reddy's I Am Woman.
1: hmm Holy shit. And what could be better than that?
2: I'll tell you what could be better than that. Being locked in a bathroom with Coco Peru.
1: He came in my eye. I mean, you know what listen. it's like. G-
2: Do you ever get coming in your eye, Gabriel? It burns. It burns. Uh, I mean, it does, but it's so funny. And just the way she delivers, she delivers this monologue as if it's Shakespeare. There are levels. <laughs> oh, when I saw her again at uh, The Beachmen years ago, sh- they showed a cutscene of hers that was for the film. What? Yes. That was supposed to be like um, after the end credits. What happens? Uh, I cannot. I remember being funny, but not like that funny. Oh, no. She ends up in the restaurant at the end where they're all. And actually, you see her in the film. You see her walk past the window and she ends up in the restaurant. uh, And I feel like it's in that bathroom as well. But I do not remember anything else. Uh, but Jim Fall decided to cut it because uh, like it was a one and done. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. But wow. this brilliant monologue about how she met the the trick, Mark, and um, the how he fucked her over and like came in her eye. It's big. It's beautiful. You're going to love it. And I thought, all right. <laughs> so... So, like, they hooked up, he came in her eye and, like, got out of there and um, says, my favorite line in the film, and I say it all the time, but am I bitter? Absolutely. Genius.
1: Genius. Oh, I love that. Uh, Like,
2: warning, warning uh, Gabriel to stay away. Gabriel finally gets to pee, leaves, and then uh, a fight ensues. Uh, but then they end up at a diner. And who do they run into? Our friend, Tori Spelling. Oh,
1: who has just performed her midnight showing. The opening night is at midnight yeah. of Salome set Sorry, in a Missy woman's penitentiary. Sorry, Missy Pyle, who's allergic to like daffodils. or hydrangeas so, or something so like funny. that.
2: So funny. She's so funny. Oh, you keep them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so she's there with like Everybody from Salome. Um,
1: And whoever cast that little motley crew of people. Oh, boy.
2: But also, whoever casts that waitress, and you would be that waitress. Helen Hampt is
1: her name. Helen Hampt was a big actress. She was hilarious. She did a lot of, she was a very funny character actress. Yeah, showed up on a lot of things.
2: But she, you would be her. Like, that's the role you would play. Around uh, a you. Thousand Island, I gave you ranch. And the, just like, throws the salad. slams the salad down. No,
1: I love her. She's been in a lot of
2: stuff. She was, uh, yeah. So much. Yeah. So much. Next up, Greenwich Village in 76, all through the 80s and 90s.
1: She did Moonstruck. 2000s. She was in a couple of Woody Allen movies. She's in License to Drive and Coming to America and
2: uh, Betsy's Wedding. She's in so Betsy. much stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Remember Betsy's wedding?
1: I I never miss an Alan Alda vehicle.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Bette Midler. So, (laughs) and it ends with him. Oh, the one thing we didn't say at the top is, he's got the song, Enter You, um, but there's one bit of lyric missing uh, in the second, like, Hmm. the the second line of the lyric is missing, where, like... um, to, uh, Tori Spelling's character sings la 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 liddy uh because there's nothing and that's when it cuts to the uh the disgruntled songwriters all just looking at each other in disgust yeah. except for Steve Hayes, who like grins and and nods his approval because you're gonna get it we got you um so as they're leaving, he starts to sing the song and it's he finishes that lyric and it's just beautiful and like the sun is coming up on New York City East Village and there's the Riviera R.I.P and Village Cigar which we all know and it's just this swell of orchestra and voices David Friedman to the arrangement and conducts
1: them And, and the Twin Towers shining in the background because it's 1999 yeah yeah. yeah, and I, as I understand it, there's going, there might be a sequel. So, two years ago, they
2: they were um, they were raising money in 2018. Did they were raising money to do a trick too that was going to be set in L.A. Oh, right, and Coco was part of it. And the,
1: are you, do you know what the premise was? I haven't. No idea. The premise is that our, our two lovebirds are now married, and they have kids, and they want to, like, make love, but the kids keep interrupting them. And, like, how will they get away from the kids long enough to have a little bit of alone time? That's yeah. the premise. Is it? Yeah, I'm being serious. That's actually the premise. Wow.
2: Great. I am... Um... I would see it. I love this movie, so I would love to see a sequel. They, they were raising money for it at one point. Yes. I don't know whatever happened to it. I would love to know.
1: We'll find out. We'll, we'll ask these people and go, what's going on? Yeah. Where's, where's this it? movie? It's like Camp 2. Remember the film Camp? They were yes, going to film I a do. sequel. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that.
2: Yeah. They did like a kickstarter GoFund thing.
1: Where do you, th- so if, if there's a sequel, so obviously Gabe and Mark are still together. Gabe is probably an accomplished songwriter and Mark was a journalism major, so maybe he became a reporter. Where do we see Catherine, Tori Spelling's character being? Oh, 20 years later. She's in casting. Oh, she got out of the business.
2: She couldn't, she wasn't getting cast herself. And so she crossed over into casting to, to, to be vindictive other ways.
1: I I imagine that she's like a glorified uh, or like a coveted background player. Like she's like the best background player New York has to offer.
2: One can hope. So when did you encounter Trick?
1: I think I did the same thing you did, which was at um, the Blockbuster in Thousand Oaks, California. There was like an indie alternative. It was like literally it should have just had like a fucking rainbow flag on it because it was literally like any gay movie that was that was available. Um
2: it, the like the logo of it has like a pink triangle over the eye.
1: Yes. Yeah. And you know, it's the two guys and it's very clear that, you know, they're not just friends. Um and I think I had rented it from from uh from Blockbuster. And I'm sure I rented it with like three other films that were straight, and I just buried trick in amongst them so nobody was like why are you renting this you didn't go who wants trick it's, it's a tr- isn't that a cereal tricks are for I'm kids in. i'm and in
2: popcorn right
1: tricks are for kids and for generous daddies go to generousdaddies.com and enter in the promo code <laughs> fuck! um for 10 percent off a generous daddy uh no, I did you ever have that? Did you ever have that problem where you were like renting a movie and, and the person behind the counter was was giving you a look or you did not want to get a look? You didn't want to out yourself in front of the blockbuster person? I could care less because I was
2: watching the Liza Minnelli film Stepping Out, which I love.
1: I love that movie. It's so good. <laughs> can, can Liza, can you tell me just a little bit about what it was like to film Stepping Out? <laughs>
0: okay. So, hi. <laughs> you know, I just turned 75. Happy birthday. Can you believe it? I did People think that Michael Feinstein is just using as a ventriloquist dummy these days. But no, I'm alive. I'm I'm so alive. Okay, so stepping out. I made it in 1991. And it was the last major motion picture that I made until six in the city, two. So stepping out. I play a tap instructor for for Andrea Martin, you know, and and, and Julie Walters and and so many. uh, Jane Krakowski was you could break her in half, (laughs) and 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 we tapped, you know, and Shirley Winters was there, and Mama. She she looked over us when she said, "Liza." (laughs) just like she said you're gonna tap and so I did and so I made this film and John and Fred wrote a song for me called Step It Out and I sang that song and then I did a a concert at Radio City Music Hall also called Step It Out and then nobody saw the movie not not one person but it's It's among my best works, you know what I mean? So, in that case, Mama was right all along.
1: That was great. I I was in Ford and it cured my hiccups.
2: What is your favorite scene in Trick?
1: My favorite scene in Trick is when Gabriel and Mark and Perry are walking home and they run into Perry's ex and the way that Mark just throws his arms around Perry just to help him out, I think is so sweet. And then when he's like, we're too tough, so we're looking for a bottom, and they look at Gabriel, and and they're like, Gabriel, say hi. And he goes, hi. He goes, hi, what? Hi, sir. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It makes me laugh. And you know... That it's okay that they're not gonna have sex because they wa- they helped another couple get back together. Yeah, and then they leave and they hold hands and they walk away and you're like, oh my god, th- they're gonna be okay no matter what happens to Gabriel and Mark, they're gonna be okay. What's it's your favorite scene? So sweet. Uh,
2: I love the the uh,
1: would be blowjob scene while
2: he's playing piano for the. Crazy awkwardness of it, and he's like, "I feel like Bach is too restricting. What do you want me to play?" And he's like, "What do you want to play?" And he's like, "In my, it's your fantasy. In my fantasy, I take requests." Is that's a great line? Uh, also, enter you. I could watch Tori Spelling sell a song, like she is in a uh, a college uh, showcase. My entire life.
1: Is there a scene that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy? Oh, yeah. I love that there's
2: nothing more than a kiss in this film between them. Yes. It's yes. like the last thing that happens. They've spent the entire night just trying to fuck, and instead they end up like falling for each other over the course of that night, and it yeah. just ends with this perfect kiss and that swell of music. And that's just beautiful. And... The one thing that I think Trick gave in
1: 1999 was hope. Yeah, yeah. It's hope, and it's also. I mean, I was reading some reviews of it, and I think some. I think it was Roger Ebert who said something along the lines of, "The movie feels like a Doris Day movie, Mm -hmm. and it's these two people that are you know trying to fall in love, and there's complications that ensue, and then at the end, it's it's very happy. And you're right, there is no specter of death that's hanging over it, and it could be pillow talk. Could be. Absolutely. And it it just gives so much hope to all so many young people that want to have a relationship. But, you know, like we saw in Jeffrey, terrified that they might get sick Mm -hmm. from falling in love with someone. I'm so happy that you picked this movie. I'm so happy that you feel that this movie is important enough to be featured on the show. So why should people um, who've never seen the movie jump into it?
2: I think uh, you should watch it because it is... Uh, some really wonderful acting and writing um, and just tells like this beautiful story of optimism, optimism persevering because my god do they get cockblocked at every turn? Yes. By truly, like the only thing that does not stop them from banging is like being run over by a McDonald's delivery truck. Like everything gets in their way. Uh, And even then, it's fine like because they like each other enough to want to stick around.
1: And I think that's romantic, and I think that's wonderful, and I think it's a nice reminder that love is around the corner. Love is universal. Love is universal mm-hmm. and I, and it's a wonderful, wonderful film. It does so in such a comic way yeah. and it's beautiful and such an anomaly during this time period. So thank you for bringing back the positivity of trick. Thank I know that, uh, Jean Paul Patak is like, we shouldn't get any credit for playing gay characters because they're human beings, but right. we understand, but seriously, Christian and Jean Paul, thank you yeah. so much for being, um, courageous and i only wish that you were gay in real life um so that way my edible arrangements that i'm sending to both your homes did not go <laughs> unwarranted or unbenefited for myself and tori yeah. spelling the greatest actress since meryl streep it's been said here on this podcast and i'm wow. sticking by it uh, mr Roselle, yeah. ne- next week we're gonna
2: talk a- about your deep dive into the rest of the Tales of the City
1: canon. We're going to go back. I'm, I have thoughts about Laura Linney. I have thoughts about mouse. Which mouse did I prefer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like mouse one is my mouse. Uh, no, mouse. Each mouse brought something different to the table. Mm-hmm. Each mouse brought something different to the table, and I really like that. Uh, but mouse one is your mouse. I understand. Yeah.
2: So that's we're, we're just going to do a, a continuation. And listen, folks, we're thinking about launching a Patreon uh, where we're going to do deep dives into, like, series and things like that. And is that something you want us to do? Let us know. Follow us at G Revoked on all the things and uh, let us know.
1: And go ahead. And if you have not seen all of Tales of the City, you now have two weeks to complete yes. your education. I did it in two days. You can do it in two weeks. And I was also watching WandaVision at the same time. WandaVision. It was so good, right? Which is so good. That's oh that's God. a whole other thing that we can talk about. All Jesus. right, folks. So you know your homework. We're going to go back to Tales of the City. I can't wait. I'm thrilled. I'm this thrilled, been too. Great. And go ahead, don't forget, you can click our show intro description below, and you can get the links to Trick if you've not seen Trick yet. And we'll also post the links so you can see all the tales of the city. And uh, we'll talk about who your favorite mouse is. Season and, uh, 2, season 3 for me. and gusta mi pinga. Uh, You'll find that in your hymnals. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You can find it on musicnotes.com. Go to www.musicnotes.com. Okay. Enter discount code, <laughs> and you can get the sheet music to me up All right. Till next time. Bye.